0: Hello, everyone.
1: It's time to eat, drink, and be merry with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio with Nancy and Lisa. You know it is Wednesday, and it's the 1st of February. We love it. It is February. It is the month of romance. Uh, So every first Wednesday, we have Peggy Viandaka on the show with our Wine Time with Peggy show. It is all about eating, drinking, being merry, and learning about wine and what it's like to own a winery, what's going on in the vineyard, all that good stuff. Um, Peggy and her husband own LDV Winery, which is based in Arizona. The tasting room is in beautiful Scottsdale, the art city of Arizona. Mm. And the vineyard itself is based in the Chiricahua foothills in Southeast Arizona. so we always get to find out what's happening in the vineyard i encourage you to go to their website ldvwinery.com so happy i was gonna say happy happy peggy day (laughs) happy february (laughs) peggy how are you i I need wine
1: yes you need wine yeah yes it definitely is the the month of romance and lots of wine so glad to be here romance mm. in
0: the vineyard. Oh, we want the little cupids are out there. Ooh, yeah, yeah <laughs> mm. So, you guys <laughs> must be getting real busy in the tasting room right now, with you know, February being like Arizona's. I think that's one of the most visited times, right? Absolutely. I mean, right now, we
1: well, we have the Super Bowl. In two weeks in uh, or in February, we have the Super Bowl. We have uh, Barrett Jackson's car auction, one of the largest car auctions that brings thousands and thousands of people to Arizona. We have um, obviously the Arabian Horse Show, which is it's around Valentine's Day, which is brings a lot of people and it's just high tourism season. It's the place to be. This year, particularly, uh, we have Waste Management, the golf tournament that everyone wants to be a part of. So it's the place to be, of course, uh, for all these events, but also just to drink wine.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, all right, (laughs) I'll do it. I'm coming to see see you. I know, I know. And then Valentine's Day, of course, President's Uh Day weekend, all of that. Um, (laughs) Do do we care about President's Day weekend? I don't know. I'd rather drink wine. But give us (laughs) us an extra day holiday. That's the thing. Be careful. I didn't, I'm not saying any kind of affiliation. I'm just saying, I think we all kind of got over that, like for quite, I'd say the last, I don't know. I don't. I, okay, I'm going to get in trouble. Sorry, I'll drink.
1: Yes, just drink wine. That's
0: just drink mm-hmm. wine. Drink wine, yes. Don't
1: talk politics.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. It's. I think that's safe. That's really good advice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So President's Day, what I love about President's Day is that it's a long weekend, mm-hmm. so people get that extra day holiday. So I do love President's Day. So yeah, I'm just exactly. saying we yeah. we love that. And um, mm. but with wine, okay. So Valentine's Day, it's interesting in Arizona. You are warming up slowly, and you're getting into that wildflower season. And from what I've heard, Arizona mm. and California are going to have a magical spring with wildflowers. Yeah.
1: Yeah, with the amount of moisture that we got this year and still getting it up in the mountains, it's going to be incredible. So, awesome. Um, yeah, at the vineyard, of course, uh, we got a lot of we got some snow, which is wonderful because it uh, it really goes deep into the soils and gets to the roots. So mm. having that bit of snow at the vineyard has been very helpful and it will be very positive for the vines,
0: which is oh, great. Right. Yeah. So do you get more water out there this year, too, with the rain? We did.
1: And- we, I think we did a little bit percentage. I don't recall exactly how much, but and, and we still might get another uh, snowfall, you know, this time of year. It's unpredictable. It's not on the for- near forecast, but it, we may see it again this year. So um, which is great for our water bills. So we've turned off the irrigation and, and just let Mother Nature uh, feed the vines with water.
0: I hope the Colorado River gets a lot of water this year. Yeah. You know.
1: It needs to. It needs to. Yeah. But um, uh, what we're doing this time of year in the vineyard, which isn't a whole heck of a lot, but, you know, we have to do the winter pruning. So we typically start in January. Some people, some other vineyards might start a little bit earlier than we do, but the goal for winter pruning is really the first step in making sure that we have really healthy vines in the growing season so what we like to do is cut all of last year's growth off the vine and we prune to so our vines are single cordon so they grow you know like that one way so they go up and then across and when those vines When that um, branch goes across, we want to cut it back to three different or eight different positions on that cordon. It's called, and those positions are so important because that is where then the buds will will um, and the clusters begin to develop from those different positions along that cordon. So we have eight different positions pruned back to. And what we're trying to get is two to three buds on each one of those positions. So we're looking for 24 to 36 clusters of grapes per plant. So this is the first time we're, you know, in the year that we're we're training that vine to begin to develop those grape clusters uh, later in the year. And then when you think of our the 13 acres, that's 13,000 vines our crew wow. is going vine by vine and trimming back all of that last year's growth and then and um, wow. pruning to all those positions. Probably take was, about 10 days, I think, depending on how big the crew is going to be.
0: Wow. It's a lot of work. Wow. That's a lot of work. A lot yeah. of work. Yeah. Not this something is why I we...
1: enjoy doing.
0: <laughs> yeah. You the pruning part? You enjoy doing that? I do not.
1: That's a lot well. of work. Har- oh, so
0: no, no. Okay. That, so no for Peggy. But you she could, would like to have wine and watch everybody else do it. Exactly. Right. Supervise. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Got to make sure they're getting the positions right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah
1: and other vineyards <laughs> might do it a little bit differently than that, but that is, that's our goal for how we want to manage oh. our vineyard.
0: Mm. So let's talk about, you know, you're going to do pruning. Okay. But then it's now that romance month we were talking about, and you always like to do the term of the month. So you sent me the term, and I'm going, hey, little diddle, the cat diddle riddle. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, that's actually Uh not the song. It's not how it goes. It's like we're riddling. And I'm going, that doesn't sound good for romance, but apparently we want the riddles. Yes, we like riddling.
1: You know, we don't make champagne
0: or sparkling wine
1: at LE though I love it and we've talked about it a lot and I know you love it also, Mm. um, champagne. But um, I want to talk a little bit about champagne because I know a lot of uh, champagne corks are gonna be popped this month, particularly at at Valentine's Day. So, you know, um, you make champagne and only champagne, it can be called champagne if it's made in the champagne region of France. Otherwise, in, in, in the U.S., we call it sparkling wine, or in you could have it Cava in, in Spain or Prosecco in Italy, but it, it's mm-hmm. basically um, a sparkling wine or champagne. So... The first fermentation begins when you're making champagne, um, the same as making stilled wine. So you convert the sugar into grapes uh, or into alcohol and you create that base wine. Maybe it's Pinot Noir, maybe it's Chardonnay, depending on what the grape variety is and the type of champagne you might be making. Then it goes through the second fermentation process. After that primary fermentation process, occurs, and you blended it and bottled it, and that second fermentation process actually occurs in the bottle, and, um, mm. and what you do is you take that blended wine, be it the Pinot Noir or whatever you're using in the base wine, you put a little uh, a little bit of yeast and a little bit of sugar actually in the bottle. It's called, I'm not good with my French, but it's called liqueur de tirage, basically, and you, you did good, it, as far as I'm concerned.
0: I know yeah. it sounded good, right? So, yeah. don't,
1: all you, all the, all your French uh, um, uh, watchers, uh, please don't beat me up over my French. But you put a temporary oh. cap on the bottle of champagne, which is called a crown cap. Um, and so, basically, right now the champagne, the carbon dioxide is being trapped inside that bottle, and you age it for about 15 months just like that and after Ooh. the aging a lot of those um, there's ferment or there's um, leaves or or the uh, uh, sediment that have collected in that bottle and and you need to remove it okay long way to get to the term riddling is oh, that's yeah. a way to it's one of the steps that you transform that stilled wine into sparkling wine and what riddling does so after that, Bottle has been aging that that um, champagne Uh, riddling is part of the method champenoise or the traditional wine champagne making process, and basically what you're doing is periodically rotating the bottle of champagne a quarter turn while you're simultaneously tilting it, and what your the goal is every day or every periodic time frame you're turning that and tipping it so that eventually the bottle is upside down and so that sounds yeah. like me and my wine drinking mm-hmm. <laughs> after <a> couple <laughs> of bottles of champagne you're upside down right yes but, <laughs> but what that movement of riddling every you know, a couple days and turn, eventually getting it upside down is all that dead yeast or sediment goes into, accumulates in the neck of the bottle, right? And mm. I said it had a temporary, um, cor- not a cork, but a, a closure on it. And so now you have to get that sediment, remove that, those particles from the bottle of champagne, um, which is called disgorgement. And mm. that is, you basically, a lot of times you freeze it and um, then you're able to remove the temporary cork and remove that sediment out of it, and then put your cork back in. So, wow! Really, it, in Champagne region, uh, a real a, a prized um, riddler could do twenty thousand to seventy five thousand bottles a day, riddling it. And Wow. That, that riddling process from the first time you turn it a little bit, turn, turn, turn until it's upside down, can take up to six weeks to accomplish
0: wow. Uh, wow. By,
1: by hand. And um, But now, mm. you know, if you're not doing it that traditional way, there are machines that can do a whole palette of, of riddling, so to speak, mechanically. It's something called a gyro palette that actually moves the whole palette that little bit over that time frame and you can riddle a lot more bottles uh, in a shorter amount of time but wow. fascinating process if you can ever tour a champagne lot of work. house and take mm. a look at that and, uh, huh. and of course uh, Madame Clicquot if you if you know mm-hmm. the wine uh, Veuve Clicquot she was the one who who um, came up with that idea of riddling and and uh disgorgement of removal of that sediment in the bottle
0: wasn't she oh. a nun or no no there was I a i don't believe I won't, so no i don't know where <laughs> i got something about that there was funny. a priest that started something about champagne and she says no this is how you do it maybe that's yeah. there was something there was a priest or a nun involved in champagne could be, could be. I, I don't know I, i'm
1: not, i i do not <laughs> recall but uh, i have to look yeah. that
0: up now but that that is fascinating now have you been to france
1: we have, and we we love the Champagne region, and actually, we named our, our puppy Epernay over because we loved Epernay, <laughs> France, where so much Champagne is from. So, yes, love it. We've toured Vive clicquot and many of the beautiful Champagne oh, wow. houses, and mm. and uh, got to cool. got to meet one of the old um, winemakers in one of the Champagne houses. It's just. Ooh just worth the trip to to really go see the Champagne region.
0: Do you see uh, you and Kurt producing bubblies? Because I know you were talking last time on the show about wine trends and saying people are starting to want that. Do you see any bubbles in your future? I don't, I don't think so, though
1: I would love it, it just would require so much other equipment, because of course we're traditionalists so we'd want to do it, the Champenoise, uh, Method Champenoise, the traditional way of making it, and um, I wish I was younger. (laughs) (laughs) What some champagne, makes you feel younger.
0: Yeah. What would you say for Valentine's Day out of your wine selection? Mm. I'm going for the Siraud, the Petite Syrah. I'm Just going right there, Grenache. I well, think you, too. you always uh, well, well, do that.
1: Of course, and and if we're we're switching topics to chocolate and wine, mm. you know the the uh, big more robust yeah. wines really are beautiful with a variety of chocolate. So mm. yeah uh, Sarah, Syrah, Syrah uh, will be incredible for your chocolates that you might want to have for Valentine's Day.
0: So chocolate, yes. I know you know, people do the chocolate dipped in strawberries. How do you pair that with wine? I mean, it would have to be on the white side, wouldn't it? Because of the strawberry? Because well, that's two things that you have to pair. You're it with. exactly
1: right. You know, we've talked about wine and cheese pairing in the past or just pairing mm-hmm. in general. And yes, you have to, you have to um think about all of the flavors that you're pairing it with. So for example, I do have a dipped strawberry. This is a white chocolate. I'm coming to your house. I know, this is a white chocolate dipped strawberry. So not only do you have, and it has sprinkles on it, purple sprinkles on it, but not only do you have to think about the white chocolate that's on it, but also the sweetness of the berry in it. So I point this out, because white chocolate is very difficult to pair with. Um, it, it's creamier than dark chocolate, has um, not as big tannins as maybe a, a red or a dark chocolate. So you might pair this with a Moscato or mm. maybe a, a Viognier that has a little residual sugar potentially in it, or a Chardonnay with a little residual sugar. But it's a, this is probably the toughest thing to pair chocolate with. Mm. It would be easier to pair this if this strawberry was milk chocolate dip or dark mm. chocolate tip. So, yeah. like if it if it was milk chocolate tip uh, dipped, um, so uh, because of the sweetness of the strawberry with a the little bit of more sweetness of the chocolate, I might choose a Merlot, something a mm. little medium tannin, like a or a Pinot Noir, or or even potentially a Syrah, uh, could go with that dip
0: strawberry you know that's interesting you talk about that because even strawberries you know depends on where you get your strawberries because half of the time they're they're kind of bitter if they've been picked too early and so when they're covered in chocolate Mm -hmm. if you see that white top like you know if it's still then you know it's going to be you know soak them in sugar water or something before you do it or know who you're getting your chocolate covered strawberries from. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Mm. And February isn't the best time to be getting dipped strawberries, though everyone wants them
0: for Valentine's Day. Yeah, of course. (laughs) See, listen, the (laughs) ultimate thing is to have Mm. the chocolate fountain and the strawberries and then the wine fountain. See, I know everyone talks about champagne fountain. That's fun. But I want the wine fountain. Now, I wonder what the wine would taste like with all the airing and movement of the wine in a fountain. Right. I I don't know. I don't after, after a
1: couple of glasses you don't really care
0: that's right <laughs> i'm upside down again yes uh-huh. <laughs> and i will not be talking about politics even. she's she's been riddled that's what yes, has been riddled she got riddled yeah i don't have anything just for the record of making comments on politics i don't i don't like any of them <laughs> so, there there it is. There so, so don't send me an email of me being nasty about one or the other so to me i'd rather drink wine than than watch politics but um you know, when, when we get into, okay, now we got chocolate. So one of my favorite, there's two. Okay. When we talk chocolate, like uh, just bring it just, you know, but there's toffee, there's chocolate with um, orange. Oh, come on. Right. There's chocolate with sea salt. Now that right. to me is going to be like that. Interesting. the chalk, choc- dark chocolate with sea salt. That's mm. going to do pretty good with a red wine because just talking right. with some of the chefs and cooking people, they're always saying that Red wine is a good way to add salt to a dish, like celery. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: Um, There's a couple general rules when you're thinking about pairing wine and chocolate. The first one is really think about what you want to profile in the wine or you want to uh, accentuate in in the wine so like a Syrah a lot of times has the um a a berry or a a fruit forward or Pinot Noir might have that strawberry um kind of Mm. flavor to it so you might want to accentuate that in the wine and that might help you pick the chocolate to go with it um so kind of identify the profile you want to accentuate and then the more intense the chocolate so if you're getting above you know i have some dark chocolate this is 72 percent cacao rating but if you're I'm getting happy up, to see
0: you again <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if you're getting up to that 80 percent cacao rating then you want a more intense wine that has higher tannins on it um, to be able to complement
0: that chalk that dark chocolate I want them. Yeah. Yeah. I that want sounds the, really yes. good and I like mm. to just say cacao it's like shaka Khan cacao yeah. cacao. It, cacao. it's a good I, it's just one of my favorite things to say but I probably can't say it straight after too much wine <laughs> but but there is I mean the chocolate dark chocolate and wine I think you know if you know you've got to kind of know the person you're you're serving you know right. if you're surprising someone wow. um, do they like red wine do, do you go with, I would go with the wine first you know what I mean? By knowing what they like and go sure. for the wine first and then pair the wine with whatever you're going to pair it with, you know, from what the wine it? first.
1: I say have a wine and chocolate party, you know, and let people experiment because sometimes oh. you stay in your comfort zone and not get out of that comfort zone, both in wine as in chocolate. You know, people say, oh, I only like milk chocolate. or Oh, I only like dark chocolate. But if you host them. And give them some options with some, you know, broad um, rules to follow. I think it it, will turn them on to new pairings easily. Mm.
0: What about a chocolate fondue? Yum,
1: yum! That's always Mm. great. But you know, Mm. something to think about when you're pairing a wine with a chocolate fondue. One. What kind of chocolate it is? Is it milk chocolate mm-hmm. or is it a dark chocolate? And then, what are those widgets that you're dipping in there? So, mm-hmm. are they all is it fruit? Is it um, pretzels? Cake? Pretzels, which has salt, you know. So that's going to change
0: um, the wine Ooh. pairing. The wine for sure. Yeah. Mandarin exactly. oranges with dark yeah. chocolate, right? Angel so, Angel food cake, <laughs> right. This is really getting dangerous. Okay, wait, so if you're doing a party, can you have Mm. like, you got your different chocolates, and then there's truffles and all kinds of good, you know, deliciousness. But what about like, because sometimes people do like a bacon with a dark chocolate kind of powdery kind of you Know, finish there's chocolate can go into the meats. I'm just saying, insane, yeah, it. yeah, mm-hmm, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You definitely can. I mean, cacao, particularly the the higher cacao rating, um, can mix in sauces like moles, of course. Moles oh. have mm. uh, dark chocolate and cinnamon and other kind of um, mm, yeah, spices that seem to be. You know, more dessert related rather than savory, but yeah, you can cook with a a dark chocolate easily. Not so much a milk chocolate transferring to savory because of the sweetness lover level. But you know, what's great about or similarities between wine and and chocolate are they're both they both have tannins. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm we talked about that drying effect and that impact. It kind of you experience it back in. And the back of your um, mouth uh, that um, astringency of of Mm -hmm. high tannic wines well um, and it makes you pucker a little bit well chocolate has that tannins and so the higher level of cacao rating it has the higher tannin levels you know the other thing about cacao um, beans like grapes is they undergo fermentation and you ferment cacao beans in order to soften those tannins um, oh. and and kind hmm. of round out the flavors a little bit more in the cacao. Um, oh, wow! And, and the other similarity between wine and and chocolate is that the cacao beans are naturally sweet, um, mm. like grapes, and so hmm. you control that sweetness depending on um, on the process that you make. And well, I guess I there is one other similarity. It uh, it's terroir based, you know. As mm. we've talked about, mm. grapes are very terroir based, where they're located, their environment that they are grown in. Also, cacao beans are terroir based. So if you've had Brazilian chocolate versus um, a chocolate from another region, France or whatever, it will have, depending on where those cacao beans are grown, will have a different flavor to them. Wow! Nice.
0: So mm. you could have like a global party.
1: Yes, yes you could have a
0: global party. Uh, mm-hmm. exactly. I like that. Yeah. If you're going to have chocolate and you're going to have wine pairing. you're going to have a party out of it, like a little gathering, mm-hmm. would you put cheese on that board too? Like, would you do some other savory kind of things? Or if you're just doing chocolate, go chocolate with fruit dipped or whatever. I,
1: I mean, if you're really wanting to understand the differences in chocolates and the appreciation of chocolate, And the appreciation of wine, I would keep them separate Mm -hmm. unless you throw in something fun like dipping bacon or, you know, something Mm -hmm. like that to see that what the the saltiness might do mm. to in the fattiness of something with the chocolate and the wine i vote well, for of, the bacon <laughs> yeah and
0: there's a lot of uh chocolate and chocolate is a whole art form mm-hmm. uh, being a chocolatier and um, we know people who did uh red wine infused chocolates and mm-hmm. you know just even just um truffles bad. using the wine from a local winery mm-hmm. that kind of thing where exactly. um, when you talk about that terroir coming together that's part of it that I I think Mm -hmm. is cool if you can have that kind of partnership, you know?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And it's fun. So, you know,
0: I think it's
1: important to keep the sweetness in balance. So you don't want to have too sweet of chocolate and and, uh, not so sweet of wine. So kind of keep that balance between the sweetness of the wine and the chocolate. Something to think about. Um, Consider the intensity of both.
0: You know, mm. if the intensity
1: mm. of the chocolate should marry with the intensity of the wine. My- I can't
0: help it, but my mouth is drooling. Uh-huh. I'm trying to hold it back. Uh-huh. I'm like, this is I terrible. I love them both. Yeah. I it's like, love- just like, oh, gosh, you know, that, good for us. Good for us having uh-huh. Valentine's Day in the month of February being uh-huh. being awesome. So this is another good way to go out and experience wine tasting. You know, and and learning new wines is going out with like a different purpose, not just tasting the wine, but having this kind of, you know, adventure. So um, it's a good date night thing, not just on Valentine's Day, right? um, but it's a good date, you know, and getting to know each other. And listen, single gals and single guys, there's no reason why you can't, you know, still be treated to some luxurious chocolate and wine.
1: exactly exactly we have a um a chocolatier that's making some specially special chocolates for us some that are infused with flavors and some that are various dark chocolates nice valentine's day this year we're rolling out a chocolate pairing on our menu every day so someone can come in and, and do a chocolate pairing and learn a little bit about
0: uh, how to do that. Uh, little so. cupids, little yeah. cupid help. I know. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So everyone, uh, ldvwinery.com is the website. And um, I encourage you to follow Peggy and LDV Winery on uh, Facebook, Instagram, you're on Twitter as well. So uh, follow them there. They're always posting about events and classes and recipes and tips and sign up for the newsletter because you do an awesome newsletter, Thank keeping you. people up to date with what's going on in the vineyard, talking about wine, again, recipes, um, all, keeping everyone posted on the podcast as well. So ldvwinery.com is the website. Of course, we're here, bigblendradio.com. And watch for us on our new daily Uh, Big Daily Blend show coming up on Spotify so we can play all kinds of wine-related music just for Peggy (laughs) and for our listeners. (laughs) Stay tuned for that and uh, of course keep up with us, BigBlendRadio.com Peggy is here every first Wednesday because it's wine time with Peggy. So thanks so much, Peggy, and happy Valentine's Day to you and everybody at LDV Winery. Absolutely, and to you. Thanks so much. Thank you.